What's up, everybody? Good morning. It's Cha, and welcome to the Monday edition of Run the Plate. You know, the podcast where we talk about sports, sports, and more sports. Football, basketball primarily, but we'll cover anything that makes big-time headlines because we tend to keep it big-time around here. I'm still kicking a solo as Obes is still overseas. He'll be returning for the Thursday edition of this show. But for now, let's see what we got up first. Let's cover the highlights of this college football week four. First up, let's just get it out the way. We're going to talk about Houston right fast. Yikes. What is what is going on with us, man? I don't, I don't know. I think I can't even rant this time around because Dana did the ranting for me. He he's like, man, we, we ain't performing offense. We ain't performing defense. We ain't performing special teams. No, no coaching wasn't right. The, yeah, I don't... <laughs> But no, but to be to be a little more nuanced with it, I thought the first half we played extremely well. I thought because we know we, we scored like twenty eight points with ease. I thought the defense was was um, doing a great job getting off the field, uh, but I didn't think that we were scoring enough. I mean, D- Dana after the Washington State game, he was putting this. He was trying out this philosophy of giving the defense time to rest or something like that, in which the offense would sort of switch up the tempos, kind of go faster and slower to give the, the defense um, more time on the bench so that they could recover uh, uh, so they could be fresh when Tulane came back on the field. My issue with that, because I, I think in general I don't believe in that. I think you should just score whenever you get the chance to score uh, and score as much as possible, especially in the first half. Because if you, because the defense will get plenty of rest if you're up by like 40 points, but I digress. I don't think Houston should have tried this in this particular scenario because for one, the fast tempo was working. Like Tulane had no answer. Like we were just dropping points. We we're doing whatever we wanted. Like the, from the first play of the game, just like what was it like a a 75 yard touchdown pass? Just first play, off the rip. Uh, number two. The reason, number two reason why I didn't think this was going to work is because the defense has not sh- um, shown the ability to make stops consistently. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if it was Prairie View, no matter what team it was we're playing. So Tulane, no different. Uh, so, and that, and that's regardless of whether they had they've had a rest. Like if we, if we had a long offensive drive and they had time to rest or whatever, they've never they have not proven to be able to make stops consistently to get off the field. So why are we giving them rest if? But even when they come back on the field, they're not going to do anything anyway with that rest. And number three, we're playing our fourth game in 19 days. Okay. For those like who, who just want to do the math real quick, Oklahoma was on a Sunday, that uh, week one. Week two, game was on Saturday, Prairie View. Then we played Washington State on the Friday. Then we played Tulane on a Thursday. Yeah. So by the time the second half came around, Everybody was dead tired. Everybody was gassed. Everybody was dropping passes. Derrick King was like, Derrick King honestly was finally starting to hit dudes deep, but <laughs> the dudes were, too, were like too tired to focus on the on catching the ball. You know, um, <clears throat> Keith Corbin. So if, but here's the thing though, it's like we were doing whatever we wanted in the first half while we were still fresh. I mean, honestly, the last couple of weeks we've been like a first, 
past three weeks, honestly, we've been a first-half team. And it's one of those we should be scoring in this, at least this particular scenario, we should be scoring as many points as we can in that first half and then just hanging on in the second half. Because and because outside of that, I felt like the play calling was good. I felt like the game plan was good overall. But it just came down to, like, we needed to put these boys away as quickly as possible. Because in this game of attrition, it was just like, or for, in terms of stamina, fatigue and stuff, not necessarily attrition, it's... um. We just had to. We just needed, we just needed to score fast and to score as many points as possible. And I think we could have won this game. I think we had a chance to win this game, but it came down to us just being gassed. Like I, I matter of fact, when Keith Corbin dropped that last would be touchdown, when we ended up kicking the field goal to tie it instead of like taking the lead, I was like, well, we're gonna lose this game in overtime, not knowing that these little bum ass. Uh, Tulane dudes was gonna do a fake Neil, which that's that's some punks. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I can I can see fake punts, fake field goals, the Philly special that we're gonna talk about in a second. But really, really, we doing fake Neils now? That's what we doing? Come on, yo, come on, don't. <laughs> Wait till next year. Wait till next season, Tulane. We gonna mess y'all up. Don't, don't don't worry about that. I'm gonna be at the game. We gonna mess y'all. Don't you don't 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 even worry about it. We gonna have something for y'all. But um, I I digress. Keith Corbin catches that ball. Maybe the defense is more focused. Um, coming back on the field because they know it's um it's game time. Tulane has to has to um get into what is it in the field goal range to so either tie it up or try to win it or whatever. Um, but yeah, even if it went to overtime, I thought we were going to lose that game regardless. So. Uh, Houston's going to have to make some – well, I, here's, here's my hope. I'm hoping that this was just – these last three weeks was fatigue, mostly. Because um, I, I feel like maybe we're getting closer and closer, but maybe it's just we're tired. And maybe against North Texas we'll light it up. But we'll see. So next game I want to talk about Michigan State at Northwestern, which I'm so happy for Michigan State. I'm so happy what they're doing because – this is a game that they usually struggle with every single year. Northwestern is usually a tough opponent for them to overcome. Don't know why, but I guess they shook that off in the Arizona State game because the defense, the starting defense, I should say, only allowed three points and 265 yards of offense. <laughs> All right, and they, to go along with three interceptions. So they defensively dominated the game. Offensively, I saw a unit. Like, it wasn't like a dominant unit or anything. Like, I didn't think, because we did struggle on the ground. But what I did see was that a unit that was finally taking advantage of the opportunities that, that the defense gave us. For example, Michigan State scored 14 points off of turnovers. And that to me is like, that's that's a big improvement over even just like last week, you know. It's just, but that was more, more specifically a big improvement over last year. Because last year the defense would do so much, too, so much good and the offense just couldn't get anything done. So the fact that you score uh, two touchdowns off of three turnovers, that's great. That that means that means you're taking advantage of every opportunity you get. So so even though the offense might not be dominant, my offense might just be like pretty good. If they're able to take advantage of every opportunity, then they'll be the the Michigan State will be in great shape. The Michigan State defense is ranked number three in rushing yards per game, number five in total yards per game, and number ten in points allowed per game. Uh, so they they're not they're gonna do their their job every week. So it's up to the offense to just be capable. They don't have to be perfect. They just need to be capable. And I think they can win a lot of games this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Michigan State does for the rest of this year. UCF at Pitt. Now, I was surprised I, I displayed that because I'm pretty sure I, I, I predicted that UCF was going to blow these boys out. Uh, sorry for underestimating Pitt. 
and their uh, <laughs> their uh, drive, you know, their resolve for my anime fans out there. See what I what I ultimately feel like what happened with UCF. I think they underestimated Pitt. I it's almost like the reverse of the Power Five versus Group of Five thing, where usually it's the Power Five team that underestimates the Group of Five. But UCF has been riding high for the past couple of years. They feel like they're a Power Five team. They feel like they can roll with anybody. So they look at unranked Pitt, you know, and they're just like, oh, this is. They're probably looking ahead to the next week, you know, to conference play, and you know. To start off, I think that um, Pitt scored 21 unanswered. Now, UCF went on to score, like, uh, 28 unanswered, right, and uh, take the lead and everything. But then Pitt ultimately roared back and uh, won off of that little trick play, the uh, the Philly special, or they call it the Pitt special, or the or the, or the Pat special. It was a child to Pat Narduzzi. Um, but, but ultimately, it's just like... I think like if Pitt, if Pitt was ranked, I feel like UCF probably would have played better because if if UCF plays like like they did in the third quarter, the whole game it ain't even close. But really, it's my bad in terms of my prediction. It's my bad for not really giving Pitt enough credit, like that specifically that Pitt defense, that Pat Narduzzi defense, because we saw what we did they did last week with Penn State. They lost that game, but they took Penn State down to the wire. Like that was a close game, and that and that's like number thirteen Penn State at the time. So. I should. I really should have thought about that. How they played against Penn State, though they did. They did mess up a lot, though. So that was probably what I was thinking. Maybe uh, you. They were just gonna make too many mistakes, and UCF was ultimately just gonna like blow them out. Not realizing that UCF was gonna come out slumped. <laughs> you know, I didn't predict that. So, but I should have probably um, gave more credit to that Pitt defense for sure. And that's not something to play with. Pitt plays University of Delaware next week, <laughs> and I just hope they go easy on my mama's alma mater. Um, it's good people out there that go to that school, so um, you ain't got to kill them. You ain't got to kill them, Pitt. Just, you know, just, just score your points in the first half, put, on your, put in your th- three deep in the second half, you know what I'm saying? Let, let, just shoot a fair one. Don't, don't, you, you ain't, you ain't got to run it up. You ain't got to pull a Maryland, you know what I'm saying? You ain't got to do all that. All right? Just re- respect my state, please. Respect my home state. Oakley Light at Texas. Sorry, Oklahoma State. I know y'all don't like being called Oakley Light. Why don't you be Oklahoma for once? Then, then, we'll, then we'll think about stop calling you Oakley Light. How about that? All right? How about you beat Texas and not maybe look like a damn fool on here? How about that? All right? Like, I, I, the, the coaching was, was so questionable. Was so damn questionable by Oklahoma State. You know that Tyler Orlando is going to blitz on every single third down. He's been doing that since he was at Houston. He's going to blitz on every single third down. And get third and eight. You want to run, run a counter? You want to run a counter? What are you doing? Huh? What are y'all doing? Like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, any, uh, I didn't even watch the whole game. I, I, saw, I saw that nonsense. I turned it off. I ultimately saw uh, Texas won my six, which, and what's funny about this, like, at the end of the day, Texas also needs to figure out on defense. They do. Because while, like, as, as poorly as I thought the coaching was for Oklahoma State, at least from from the amount of what I watched, they still scored 30 points on Texas, which I don't think that should have happened. I don't think that should have happened at all. And Texas, you better clean it up on defense before you see Oklahoma. <clears throat> oh, it's going to be ugly. I don't care how I don't care how well uh, Tom Herman prepares for good teams. I know we said this in the past. We, we already know Tom Herman spends like, will spend like 80 hours uh, f- to with making up a game plan for the top-ranked teams. But let me tell you something. Oklahoma ain't no joke. Oklahoma ain't no 
joke. They will tear y'all up. Y'all come out there like that with that deep, they're going to tear y'all up. So y'all got y'all to tighten up. So is SMU a problem, though? 4-0 and, and just beat number 25 TCU? Are they a problem? Because cause I'm cause as a Houston fan who has to play these boys every year, and SMU with garbage teams has been beating us lately. Um, does SM, is SMU a problem? Do uh, do because do, I would not stand for Houston losing to Dallas. That's, that's that's all I'm saying. I would not stand for this. So Houston tighten this thing up before we see SMU. So now Notre Dame in Georgia. I didn't get the chance to to watch this game unfortunately, but I see that Georgia averaged four and a half yards per carry. And it was a defensive battle, too. So that's pretty impressive. And um, all I got to say is that <clears throat> I told y'all Georgia had them running backs. I told y'all Georgia had them running backs. I told y'all. I said, I said Georgia's going to win because Georgia got them running backs. Uh, that's the thing. When you have, you just think about this, though. Because receivers drop passes. Even the best receivers drop passes, unless your name is Larry Fitzgerald. Even the best receivers drop passes. Sometimes quarterbacks, you know, they miss throws. But let me tell you something. When a running back is is raw, running back gonna be raw. You know what I'm saying? Unless you unless you have a Clemson D line, unless you have a Bama D line or MSU D line, a running back gonna be raw. And the running backs, and I didn't even see them, but four and a half yards per carry is four and a half yards per carry. I mean, may, maybe, I mean, maybe the, the the numbers were skewed. Y'all tell me. I didn't watch the game. Maybe, maybe there was like a big like hundred yard run or something. Like I don't know. Sorry, nine nine yard run, whatever. But four and a half yards per game is four and a half yards per carry, right? Four and a half yards. Sorry, per carry. Four and a half yards per carry is four and a half yards per carry. So running backs, running backs. You got to got to do some raw running backs. Passing game is like the receivers losing focus, quarterback is struggling. Get that ball to that tailback, make it happen. That's what that's what Georgia did. Looks like. <laughs> nah, Michigan, y'all getting y'all own segment. You, <laughs> we ain't talking about y'all in the holler. Y'all getting y'all own segment. Come on now. After barely beating Army two weeks ago, I told y'all, I told y'all, when in doubt, assume Michigan is overrated. I told y'all, Jim Harbaugh better get on those boys for rushing the field after barely beating unranked Army. I told y'all, Michigan shouldn't be in the top 10 after that game, though they were ranked in the top 10 after that game, right? I told y'all. I told y'all. But since y'all don't want to listen to me, I'll pass it off to the experts. Down 35-0 in the third quarter, out-possessed by 22 minutes. Four turnovers, only 40 yards rushing. Absolute spanking in Madison. They were positively giddy with this one. Taylor, 72-yard burst. Um, I don't see a lot of white shirts there. Every one of those players on that field are highly recruited guys. Every one of those coaches on the coach, there's a problem there. You have to lift up the hood and find out what is wrong. And the Wolverines have been exposed again. It just... Every year, it seems like everybody jumps on that bandwagon early, and then they disappoint. 
before you hit October. It was a, a failure of epic proportions. We talked about their bye week, having, having two weeks off to prepare for a team. It looked like they had never watched Wisconsin football before. What, what have they proven over the last several years that would lead you to believe that this is the year? I don't even know how to talk right now. Michigan, fine program academically, not great athletically today. What I'm telling you now is kind of what I see on the surface. When I get home, I'm going to say some, some, some different things. Is he still giving that look over there? Yeah. I'm, hurt, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I, you should be hurt. I'm hurting. I need some something. words of encouragement no, if you it, would. It, Somebody give me something. <sighs> look, Charles, Mr. Woodson, can, can, can I call you Chuck? Chuck Hasman. Can, can I call you Chuck? Words of encouragement. <clears throat> um, hmm, maybe, maybe, hmm. Cause, cause you, cause the Christian McCaffrey's little brother he had a concussion, right? So I was about to say maybe I could use him, but that ain't gonna work. Um, what about maybe I'll get a new coach? Maybe, maybe that'll happen. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe y'all will stop overrating these players after they get um, offered by Michigan. I mean, because these are obviously three star dudes. Or maybe, or or maybe. Urban Meyer's correct. Maybe he's correct, and it's something under the hood. Maybe these dudes are cold, but they're treated like prima donnas. You know what I'm saying? Going to Italy and shit. Excuse my French. <laughs> Ironically. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any encouraging words. I don't. I don't. Y'all look sorry. All right? Y'all look sorry. And the thing is, it's one thing when you, like, let's say you start off ranked, like, number 21, and you look sorry. Well, that's, that's like, okay, well, we got improvements to make. This is where we at. This is where we need to be. You know what I mean? But when you start off as number seven team in the nation, you <laughs> and then you get whopped like that. Come on, man, that's embarrassing. Cause, it, cause you the thing is, and I think is I can't even blame y'all Michigan fans too. I, well, I can, but I'm not going to this time around. Cause I mean, when when you when you preseason number seven, it's like you, you think you got a cold squad. You know, you, you think you think it's about to go correct for you this year. You think this is going to be the year. You think you're going to be competitive to the Big Ten. You might beat Ohio State. You might beat Michigan State, you know. You're at least going to beat Wisconsin. You know what I'm saying? But it didn't work out like that today, did it? It it, it, it sure didn't. It, I meant yesterday. It sure didn't, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, Michigan. Michigan, Michigan, y'all should have hired less miles like 10 years ago. When you hire a restaurant, you should have hired less miles. Instead, you y'all y'all thought y'all were too good for less miles. You know what I'm saying? You weren't a Michigan man, but y'all thought y'all was too good for less miles. Now you got now you got Jim Harbaugh, you paying him what how many, how many million a year? You know what I'm saying? And then uh and he ain't he ain't been performing. Well, who you going first of all, it's like, okay, I I've heard like, okay, you you can buy out his contract. I've seen somebody do the math on it. And make it fiscally make sense. But who are you gonna get to coach Michigan? Who gonna get to come up to Ann Arbor and coach? Cause that that job sounds trash. I mean, it looks trash. The the boost I see the booster machine has these wild, ridiculous expectations. And Michigan has not done anything in the past mm, like twelve years. Or thirty well, Maybe, yeah, 12 years. Yeah, the past 12 years, they have not done anything that would indicate they deserve to be in the damn top 10. All right? Brady Hoke went, what, won 11 games his first season with Rich Rodriguez's recruits. It didn't matter who coached their team. They was going to win all them games. All right? 
Um, Jim Harbaugh, like I guess early on, I think he had a little bit of success or whatever. Only times they beat Michigan State was in Michigan State, like had like three wins in seasons and, sh- and stuff, like when Michigan State was terrible. Um, how y'all be in Ohio State? I don't, and now this is, I don't know, maybe once. I don't know. I don't know if y'all have. I know y'all did that Brady Hoax first year. I know that. I think, right? I'm not sure, but have y'all been in Ohio State since? Y'all might have done that once. So really, y'all need to go in rebuild mode. That's what you need to do. You need you need to change the culture of the program. This whole Michigan tradition uh, nonsense. What tradition? You have a half a title in the past 60 years. What tradition are you talking about? All right. That's the thing, right? See, I my expectations, for example, for UH, like I I know like we ain't gonna win no damn national championship. I, I'm looking to compete in the American conference, which I know we can do. And I'm looking to make it to a New Year's Six Bowl and compete in that and like be able to showcase our talents to the world. That's what I'm looking forward to. Y'all, y'all have y'all think y'all are Alabama. Like Alabama ain't even that, that cocky. You know, that's the thing. It's like it's like the team that like the Alabamas and Clemson that actually have the the, the titles, the history that well Clemson more recently, but Alabama got the long history. They not even as arrogant as y'all. They're not even as pretentious as y'all. So at least UT won a title in 2005. Where's what y'all got? You know what I'm saying? Calm down. Like y'all need to, y'all need to go and rebuild more. Y'all need to regroup. But this, but this little cocky stuff is getting old and people are getting tired of it. Like I, <laughs> that whole Fox Sports thing, bruh. Where that panel was Brady Quinn, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinert, Charles Woodson, and Urban Meyer. Boy, they, they was setting y'all up. They were setting y'all up. I swear, they set y'all up. Because everybody on there except for Chucky Hosman was against y'all. <laughs> they was not right. And then trying to, and y'all thought Charles was going to be a savior. Y'all thought Charles was going to get up there and, 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 and make excuses for y'all, right? And then Chuck said, man, f- ooh, Chuck went off on y'all. And, th- and that's your boy. That's your boy. All right? You know what I'm saying? Y'all didn't want to listen to me. Listen to Chuck then. Listen, 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 listen to your Hosman winner. Listen to your Hosman winner, okay? He's saying, get it together. All right, out here, man. Y- y'all, y'all, y'all look like some, a bunch of bums out there, for real. So I'm sure y'all have seen Tim Tebow's stance on SB 206 and paying college athletes in general. I mean, he was passionate about keeping these boys broke. I mean, it was. It was something impressive. I will not play that clip on this show. You can go find it on YouTube if you'd like to, but I will not spread that nonsense around. Not today. No. I don't, at this point, I don't see, I don't, I don't see a case. I don't, I don't see a case to not pay the players. Like the, the, the things he was saying to me was so ironic. Like he was like, I know this is about, this is about uh this is no longer this is a selfish society, you know, but we're just piling on to that if we pay the players. You know, it's not about us, it's not about we or the team. Now it's just about me. It's about what can happen for me, what can benefit me. Uh it's that he was saying that how his whole life, um, he dreamed of playing the University of Florida. He's doing it for his grandfather who had the same dream and da 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 da. Man, where do I start with this? Where do I start? Let let let's start. Let's start here. Let's let's start with the selfish nonsense. So, 
it's in that regard, it's cool for everybody else to make money. And and let's let's put the university aside. Let, let's say we accept his whatever his his love for the school aspect, which a school is an institution and it's a business, and we're gonna keep it real. But let's put that aside for a second. Let's say your love for the school. Cool. And you and you wanna make money for the school without putting money in your pockets. Whatever. Sounds weird to me, but whatever. So why are the coaches, why can how come the coaches and the NCAA can make millions of dollars and billions of dollars, relatively speaking, but players can get nothing. Why? Why is that? Why? Why is it? So who's being selfish here? Is it? Is it selfish for the player to just ask to be compensated for the money that he's producing for said university, for the coach? For the NCAA, the so-called nonprofit organization, or is it selfish for the coach to be like, "No, nah, I'm gonna keep this five million dollar check to myself"? Is it selfish for the NCAA to be like, "No, not only are we not going to pay you, but you cannot make money off of your own likeness"? Is it so, or, or is it selfish that these people who are working, I guess? For a scholarship, whatever, that's their conversation. Have to be, have to practice and play football for more than 40 hours a week on top of having a, a full-time uh, school load. It, who's being so I think, I think the players are being selfless enough. We're not talking about selfish. This is about being fair. This, the players ain't being selfish. The play, no. No, they they just they we, players just saying, yo, can, can we can we get a li- can we get a little bread? Y'all y'all got a, y'all got steak and salmon and, y- and y'all got y'all got the the um you know what I'm saying y'all y'all got everything y'all y'all got cake y'all got you know what I'm saying we, we just want a little slice of bread. That's what the players are saying. Who who who's really being selfish? The another thing is like, not everybody has the same dream as you. Not everybody grew up. With with grandparents who even went to college, you know what I'm saying? Like like your grandfather could go to the University of Florida. Your a lot of these players who are black, their grandparents, if they even went to college, could not go to the University of Florida because of segregation. They did not have the they didn't even have the opportunity to go to the University of Florida, let alone dream about playing at University of Florida. Like you went to the you, you went to the University of Florida in what like the the the, the two th- late two thousands. Think about the the players that go to University of Florida. Like I think of like because I remember when like Rich Rod was recruiting Florida and, and all them boys that that were coming from Pahokee. I remember watching like a little like mini documentary about Pahokee and these boys to get faster. You know what they do to get faster? They chase rabbits through the through the the brush they chase rabbits you know what you know what like they, we do in texas we run we run on the track we run track you know what they do in pahokee they chase rabbits <laughs> that's that's the conditioning program they have in pahokee florida these boys are from dade county all the all these boys from dade county that, that play on the university of florida you 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 going you going to tell them that they, they should just play for the for the love of their team meanwhile their mama is hungry and 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 then and so so they taking the little the little stipend they get for food and and rent they sending most of that back to their mama, and now they them so now they themselves are hungry, cause they, cause they want to make sure that their family back home is, is at least being is is staying up, until they can hopefully maybe make it to the NFL maybe, 
you know? And then those who make it to the NFL, after having to deal with all the like the costs of, you know, training and working out in the offseason and um, the cost of agents and managers and uh, the cost of, of, you know, all the family that needs help, you know, after doing all that, if you don't make your second check, that's that second contract, you're not even left with enough money to, to live out the rest of your life. Now you have to go find, figure out the rest of the world at the age of 25, probably not having a degree that's worth a damn, not having any of the, of the job experience that your peers have at the same age. So what the hell are you talking about, Mr. Tim Tebow? What are you doing? And you, you were on the University of Florida. How the hell have you never talked to any of your teammates? Did, did, did you just ignore, like, all, all your teammates? Because University of Florida, last I checked, is mostly black players from the state of Florida. Last I checked. A lot of them players are not well-to-do. A lot of them players come from harsh backgrounds. And you, and you want to tell them, oh, play for the love of your school. Boy, they is, they is dead. Most of them players that's dead did not even know they was going to go to college. They did not expect to go to college. This is their way out. And most of them don't, don't, don't get to the next level. And if they do get to the next level, like I said before, they don't make it far enough to, to be well off. So what the hell are you talking about? Like, why don't you go talk to somebody? Why don't you go ask somebody some questions? Why are you, how about don't talk out of your ass? Like, you, like in order to make a, you, you got up there and was so passionate, uh, but, but it's so just, just, just being loud and wrong. You're passionately loud and wrong. Because you, because all, because just like Aiken to Kanye West, you don't read. Aiken to Kanye West, you don't actually ask questions. You don't, you don't listen to people. You don't, you don't talk to people. All you do is, is you have your own perception, you make an opinion about your own perception, and then you deliver that to the world without even running it by anybody, running it by anybody who might have a different perspective. You don't have any conversation with anybody. That's what it seems like to me. That's what I'm seeing. Like, I think, shoot, and, 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 I, and, I, I'm, talking about, and I'm talking about major universities right now. I think about, think about the, the Miami, Miami's of Ohio. Ohio State just demolished them boys. They had they had scored like fifty something points in the first half. Miami of Ohio, the university, they get paid like I'm sure like a, a, a seven figure check. The university gets paid like a seven figure check to play a team like Ohio State to get no <laughs> to get destroyed by a team like Ohio State. Those players who play for free on the Miami of Ohio, they're told they they they're basically sent out there as father to get. To get destroyed, to get beat up, to get smashed. And I'm talking about literally. I'm not talking about just, oh, like the scoreboard. I'm talking about their bodies getting beat up by people who are athletically superior to them, who are bigger than them, who are stronger than them, who are better than them, just to get beat up out there for money that they're never going to see. And none of them are going to make it to the NFL. They are, they are at the school because that's the best opportunity to make a better life for themselves. Meanwhile, like I said, they barely have time to even, like, go to class, to study, to actually, to even study what they want to study. You know, it's like, my whole thing is, either be professional or be amateurism. You can't have, have it both ways. You can't, the, the, the athletes can't be, be amateurs, but then the coach is making $5 million a year. How'd that work? If, we, if we're going to be amateurism, go all the way. Make it all the way. NCAA should only make enough money to, to run the um, organization. Everything else should go to charity. The coach should, shouldn't should be coaching for free. They should be they should be administrators making about the same salary as a professor, if that, and should be and should be essentially be coaching 
out of the love of coaching. Since we're playing out of the love of football, right? They should coach out of the love of coaching. And so either be all the way amateur or be all the way professional. You can't have it both ways. Contradicting yourself. That's all you're doing. I feel like I'd be doing you all a disservice if I did not bring up the Antonio Brown, um, I guess, situation. I don't know what else to call it. But see, at the end of the day, I'm a big proponent of if you don't know what you're talking about, then shut the hell up, right? I Like, just, I mean, you heard me last second. So to be 100% honest, I don't believe I'm the best person to speak on the Antonio Brown issue because I believe there are others in sports media who do who will give much better takes, who can give much better takes. And honestly, I would just be echoing what they're already saying. But I will say this. As more information has come out, I do believe the allegations made by the muralists are credible. I don't see a motive for her to lie. And those text messages that are allegedly sent by Antonio Brown and his people are damning. You understand? Like, wild if true, as the kids say. Now, while there's a possibility that that um, Brown has some type of mental illness, the alleged illness does not excuse the alleged actions. Like, I can't... That's a separate discussion that we that we can have when we talk about the CTE stuff. But we can't let that overshadow the allegations, right? So while I feel a bit underqualified to speak on this issue, I felt that I still needed to acknowledge it. I still needed to give y'all updates on it as things go on. Because like, as a black man, I know what it's like to have people who think ignoring an issue will magically make it go away. I know what it's like to have people who insinuate that constantly discussing the issue is why the issue still exists rather than pointing to the systems in place that perpetuate said issue. And you see how annoying it is for me to keep referring to racism as quote-unquote the issue in order to make certain listeners feel more comfortable in this discussion. You see, we here at Run the Play take matters of sexual assault and violence against women seriously. And to flat out ignore what's going on with A.B., or any athlete facing similar charges, honestly, will be adding to the problem. Because I know what it's like. I go through my issues. Women, I know y'all go through your issues. So I want to acknowledge it. We'll continue to update it, give you updates. And um, definitely listen to, like, um, uh, Sarah Spain has written great pieces in the past about things like this. Um, Bamani Jones has said great things about um, uh, issues like this. And I'm sure uh, those sorts of um, sports media people will have um, stuff, we have great pieces and uh, great uh, monologues about this whole situation. And so um, I would like to refer you to those people because I'm not, I, I would just be echoing what they're saying. And yes, I do, like I said, I do uh, believe those allegations by the muralist, the artist. So let's do a quick NFL check-in. Um... Of course, the Houston Texans are losing. No surprise. Um, Kyle Allen, surprisingly balling a little bit. 16 for 21, 229 yards, three passing touchdowns. Okay, let me, let me, let, let's, let's go into this game and see what the hell is actually going on. Oh, okay, and he out here throwing the ball downfield? All right, okay. You know what I'm saying? We, we, I, see, I see what you're doing this game. Um, let's see what you do next game. When people have scouted you, but I still don't believe I still don't believe you. I still don't believe who you are. But 
I give you props this game. I give you your props. Because I, I, I seen your movies. I seen your movies. Seen your movies. Let's see, who else do I care about? Damn it, Seahawks. We letting the Saints do that to y'all. All right? Down by 20? Come on now. Come on now. The Bills are rolling? Bills are rolling. All right. That's, you see, Bills got my man... Um, uh, Greg, uh, Ed Oliver. I'm about to say Greg Oliver. <laughs> You're just gonna be combining Greg Ward and Ed Oliver into just one superstar player. Ed Oliver uh, Jr. Let's see. Let's see what he what he's doing on this game. Let's see. Let's see how he uh, did in this game. It looks like he had a tackle, but it's okay. He a rookie. You know what I'm saying? He'll 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 get to where he, he you know what I'm saying he he has him a, you know, a few sacks. You know what I mean? And though he's an interior lineman, so. Sacks ain't really the big thing, but TFLs, that's that's the stat we got to look at. You know, that's the stat we need to look at. I see the Chiefs played uh, the Ravens, which, damn. I had a, you know, Lamar Jackson versus Pat Mahomes. I see, looks like Pat Mahomes is balling. 27-37 for 374 yards and three touchdowns. Mm, doesn't look like the homie Lamar Jackson did as well. Uh... 22 of 43. Ooh. 267 yards, no touchdowns. So it was much just all runs, huh? Well, on the ground, he wasn't bad. 46 yards rushing for uh, off of eight carries and a touchdown. But um, yeah, man. Um I hope I hope Lamar bounces back from this game. I hope I think he will. We saw how he did the first two games. And plus, we know how cold Kansas City is. I, I don't know. If that's the real litmus test, you know, we know we know Pat Mahomes is is a damn. We already know he's MVP caliber, MVP caliber. I think Lamar Jackson is gonna be gonna end up uh, being really good this year. I think he's gonna have a really good season. I'm looking forward to following both of their uh, their stats this year. Oh, and I just realized Lashawn McCoy is on Kansas City. I did not know that till like just now. Shout out to my man Shady. I'm happy he's on a good team again. He's playing with the homie uh, Andy Reid. Man, he got a good quarterback. Okay, man. He had uh, he had eight rushes for 54 yards. 6.8 yards. Damn, yo, man. Like, Kansas City was out here balling. Okay, individual performances. They're out here. Okay, okay. I see y'all. I see y'all. Like, I, I feel like team stats, it might have been more even. But in terms of individual stats, man, man, they was balling. This concludes another episode of Run the Play. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Run the Play Pod. You can also follow Obes and myself on Twitter and Instagram at The CS Pod. Be sure to check out 10clockproductions.com where you can find every episode of this show as well as every episode of every podcast we've ever done, including The Chicken Social and Your Favorite Famous Trash. We also have um, several blog posts from the past that you can read, including uh, the Your Favorite Famous Trash blog series. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at ChaIsNuclear. Um, and check out my work at NuclearKite.com. I have a new album out. came out a month ago, mostly. Really, I haven't gotten a negative review. All positive reviews. That's 100% accurate. Have not. It, uh, yeah, it's true. Go listen to it. Prove me wrong. Prove it ain't dope. All right? That's all I'm saying. It's tight. Check out my man Z's on NuclearKite.com as well. His album, Channel 20, has been out since January. You can go check that out. Has a new album coming out in November called Programs. And um, for Obes, who will be returning on Thursday from London Town, my name is Chop, and we'll see you on Thursday. Have a good week.